Shalom Abrach, we're up to you. Vamos daf ayin ches. Today's daf continues the discussion of the yichos of a mitzri, a third generation mitzri, the status of an ubar, a fetus, within its mother's stomach, other hilchos yichos. Then we shift into a new mishnah discussing nesinim, this nation from the the gevonim that David Malach put into excommunication. We begin the Gemara asks the question, why does the Torah need to tell us two Lashonis by the Mitzvim that the third Bonim and the third Doirais should not come into Kahal Hashem? So the Gemara explains that if it only said Bonim, I would say the guy has two kids, the third kid will be Mutter. So that, that, that's why the Torah has to tell us, no, it's three generations, it has to be the great-grandchild, not just the third child. And if it only said Doirais, it didn't say Bonim, I would think. It was only those who were standing at Harsinai. That's why it says, Bonim. It says, no, you have to count it from the mitzri that you have. Now we have three words that we learned from. We have Lohem, Mehem, and Mone. The Torah says, Bonim, Asher, Yivoldu, Lohem, Dershlishi, Yavar, Lohem, Bekal Hashem. Lohem is teaching, teaching me that it goes after the worst of this child's parents' yichus. Has to te- the Pasuk needs to tell us both Lohem and Asher, Yivoldu. Because if it only said Asher Yivoldu, I would think, you start counting from their children. And if the Pasuk only said Lohem, I would think, that if a Mitzri is pregnant and then becomes a Ger before she gives birth, that he and her son count as one generation. That's what the Torah says, no, Asher Yivoldu. If he's born after, that after she's Megayeres, he already counts as a second generation. The Pasuk also needs to tell us Lohem and Loi. Regarding a mamzer, because if the Torah only said by mitzri, I would think the mitzri comes from a tipa psula, from it has mitzri blood, but a mamzer comes from kosher Jews, maybe he'll be kosher. And if the Torah only told us by mamzer that he can't come the kalashem forever, but maybe a mitzri after three generations can, maybe he'll be kosher. That's why I have to say both loy and lohem. Rabbi Baruchan and Rabbi Nachman now tell us. If a second-generation mitzri marries a mitzris, but a first-generation mitzris, their child is not going to be a second-generation mitzri from the mother. He'll be a third-generation mitzri from the father. And you see from here, this is the first version of Rabbi Yechonon, that we go after the father. So Rabbi Yosef uh, asks Akasha. He says, we have from Rabbi Tarfan that Mamzerim can actually become Tahar if a Mamzer marries a shifcha and gives birth to a slave. Right, the slave goes after the mother, and then when you freeze him, that child will become a pure Jew. You see that it goes after the mother. But the Gemara says that's not a raya because the Pasuk specifically tells us by a shivcha ha'isha v'yeladet that the yichus goes after the mother there. That's an exception. So Rava now asks a separate question. He says, Rebbe tells us that there was someone, Maniman, who was a ger mitzri, he was a friend of a Talmud of Rabbi Akiva, and he said, I'm a mitzvah Rishon. I married a mitzvah Rishonah. I'm going to marry my son off to a mitzvah Shnia in order for my grandchildren to be able to come to Kalashem. That'll be third generation. But if it's going after the father, then why does his son need to marry a mitzvah Shnia? He can marry a mitzvah Rishonah. The Gemara answers, Ein hachanami. Rabbi Yechonan actually responded to him, the truth is, you can have your son marry a mitzvah Rishonah, and his son will be a mitzri shlishi and be mutter lover b'kal Hashem. Rav Dami, Rav, 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 
Rav Dimiyam Rav Yechanan says that a mitzvah, second generation mitzvah, who marries a mitzvah Rishona, so he learns Rav Yechanan said a different halacha, that that child is not a third generation, that child is a second generation, you see that we go beside the mother who was a first generation mitzvah. So Abaye asks Akasha on Rav Dimi. We learned that Rav Yechanan told us that if someone designates an animal to be a korban chatos, and this animal is pregnant, and then it gives birth, he can be use he can use either the mother or the baby for his korban chatos. Now, if you hold that a baby is not a chelik of the mother, in which case it's as if he was he designated two separate chatois for his korban, right? The mother and its fetus. And Rabbi Yosheh teaches us that if someone does that, designates two korbanos for his chatois. He picks one of them to be mechaper with, and the second one he lets graze until it gets a moment, and then he can sell it and use it for a nedava. However, if you do hold that an uber is a chelek of its mother, then this child has the din of a chatos, as his mother does. And you don't let the child go and graze. If you have an extra chatos, you have to let it die. So if Dimi didn't have an answer, but the, an- the Gemara answers... Maybe Abai gave an answer. He says, you know what? Maybe over there is different because it says specifically, Asher Yivoldu, that we go by its birth. So he, he answers him, you know, you should know, you're very hush of a person, but your Rebbe Rabbah already told us that. He already said this word that it goes by Asher Yivoldu when he heard of Yechanan's halacha. Now the Gemara says, the reason why the Pasuk tells us Asher Yivoldu is because everywhere else we go by the father as opposed to I show you of older cases, we go boss to the mother. The problem with that is that Rava told us if a pregnant Goya becomes a, a Giyaris, her child does not need Tvila. Why not? If the Pasuk doesn't say, I show you Voldu, this child goes boss to the father. He would need to be Megayar to be a Jew. Maybe you'll tell me like Rashida Shabitzchak who says that in order for this child to be a Chatzitza, for, for the mother to be a Chatzitza for this child, even if you have a chatzitza that covers roiv of the baby, and the mother most certainly covers roiv of the baby, as if the child is not makbit on it, he wants roiv of this chatzitza, he wants this chatzitza to cover roiv of him, then it would still be a good tefillah. In which case, he had already toiled in lieu of his mother. His mother was not choitzitz when she went to the mikvah with him. However, Rav Kahana tells us that that only works with roiv, but if it's actually entirely blocking the mikvah from coming in contact with the child, even though he's not mocked, but it won't work. So the Gemara answers that when you're talking about a fetus, it's different because that's the way that it develops, and therefore it's, it won't be a chatzitza. When Ravina came from Eretz Yisrael, he told he, he said that Yehuchanan learns that with the shiva umos, we go after the male, as the Gemara will explain. If they're megayer, then you go after the worst of the two parents. Okay, so what does it mean that with the Shiva Umas we go after the male, after the Zohar? This is like what the Brisa says. If one of the Shiva Umas marries a Kananis, you are allowed to buy that child as an Evid. We go after the father, and therefore you don't have to kill this kid. Kananim are not the Shiva Umas. I would think that even if a Kanani marries one of the Shiva Umois, a woman from the Shiva Umois, that you can also own that child as an Evid. That's what the Pesach says. 
we assume that the woman stays in her homeland and that the husband comes to her. For the children that are born in your land, we assume the mother is Kanani, the father would be Shavuomais, as opposed to someone who comes in who is Gorim Ba'artzachem, who is visiting. Now, the second thing we, th- we said was that if they're Megayah, we go after the Pagam, the worst of the two parents. What case are we talking about here? If we're talking about a Mitzri that marries an Amoinis, an Amoinis is Mutter, there's no, there's no Pagam there. We're talking about an Amoini, rather, who marries a Mitzris, if they have a boy. Then we're going to go after the Amoini, who is also forever, as opposed to Mitzri, who is only also for three generations. And if they have a girl, then we go after the Mitzris, who is also for th- three generations, as opposed to the Amoinis, who is Mutter. The female of Amoini are Mutter. Now we have a new Mishnah that says that Mamzerin and Nisinin from Givoin, they were Megayer in Aroma during the times of Yeshua. And it was a very, Aroma meaning in a sneaky way. They tricked Yeshua into being Megayer them. And in response, Yeshua made them the slaves the cutting wood and drawing water. So it was a really Shvacha Geras. Mamzerim and Nisinim are usher to marry forever. Both the males and the females. They're not allowed into Kalei Israel. So Nerish Lakish comes with, with big chiddush that a mamzeres, a female mamzer, can come into Kahal Hashem after 10 generations. Where does he get that from? He learns Assyria, Assyria, because from Amoini Umay Avi, just like over there. Then the Kavos, the female Amanamoy of our mother, so too, a female mamzeres is mother after 10 generations. Because the Gezer Shavu was through the Lashon Asiri. Ah, if you're learning from Amon Amoyev, why not say it immediately? They're, the females are, are allowed right away. Why not by Mamzaris as well? Because the Gezer Shavu was from Asiri, from the 10th and on. Then I want to ask if we have a Mishnah that tells us that Mamzerim and Nesinim are usher forever. That's against Rish Lakush, who says that 10 generations later, Mamzaris is fine. And the Gemara answers that it's not a Kasha. It depends how you learn Gezer Shavas. Some learn Gezer Shavas that whatever is in the place where I'm learning from, that's entirely going to be applied here, as opposed to the other side, which Rish Lakish is doing, where you take one component of the Gezer Shavah and then you transplant that into the standardized halachas of where I'm learning to. Next, they asked of Eliezer, what do you hold about Imam Zeres after 10 generations? And he said, you know what? You find me one that lasts three generations and I'll be Matire her. He was avoiding the question because Rabbi Yezer never gave answers like we learned in Mesech Sukkah to questions that he had not learnt from his Messiah, uh, from his Rebbe. But he said that, you know, they don't survive that long. You see that he holds that, mam- that, 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 that a Mamzer doesn't live. Ravuno also says that Mamzerim don't, don't survive. I, we learned that Mamzerim are usher forever, no matter how many gener- generations. It sounds like they do last quite a while. So Rabbi Zera explains... He said, I, 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 Rabbi Yehuda explained this to me. He said that when the mamzer knows that they're a mamzer and they act like a mamzer and they don't marry into Kali Yisrael, then they will survive. But if they don't, they won't. If they're a Suffolk mamzer, then they'll make it three generations and no more. There was someone by uh, Rabbi Ami who was a mamzer and he announced, by the way, this is a mamzer. So the guy started crying. He's like, wait, telling everybody I'm a mamzer. He said, why are you so upset at me? I'm actually allowing you to live because if people didn't know, we have Masur that you're not going to survive. Now, regarding Nesinin, Rav Hanan Bar Ada tells us that Dovid HaMelech was geyser that the Nesinim are not allowed into Klai Yisrael. The Pesach says, Ve'ekra HaMelech le'gevoyin, ve'yemri alayam, 
You guys are not Jews. Why? Why did, why did he cut them off? The Pasuk says that there was a, a hunger in the times of David for three years. Year after year. The first year, David said, why are we having a famine? Maybe we're doing a Vedazara. We know that a famine is a result of Avadizara. They checked and there was no Avadizara in, in town. So in the second year, they said, okay, maybe there are people doing Averis of Znus. And we know the response to that is a famine. They checked and they, there was no Znus happening in the kingdom. The third year, he said, maybe people are promising tzedakah and aren't paying it off. And the Pasuk says, They checked, and that also, people were paying their pledges. So David Mal said, in the Immediately, David went to check with the Urim Vaturim. How do we know that Vayvakish Davis Hashem means he checked the Urim Vaturim? explains, it's a Xerishava of Pnei Pnei from the Pasuk of Vishaloi. Okay, see, Pnei is referring to the Urm Vatumim. And Hashem, the, Hashem, the Urm Vatumim responded, the reason why there's a famine is because of Shol, his Levaya, and that he killed Givoinim. They weren't Maspid Shol correctly, and that he killed the Givoinim. So the Gemara is going to explain when exactly Shol, uh, the, when, when did Shol kill Givainim? It doesn't seem like that ever happened in history, but we're going to get to that tomorrow. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.